Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we come to the seventh of the Beatitudes that Jesus preached in His Sermon on the Mount, and we find that in Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. As Christians, we all want to be called sons of God, and so we are known. So how are you doing at being a peacemaker? What does that mean, and how can we apply it? I know one of the first things that comes to my mind is what Solomon wrote. There is a time for war and a time for peace. I would think it's pretty critical to discern which time is which, or we can really make a mess of things. So... Do we know when the time is appropriate to be a peacemaker and when it's time to make a stand? In what contexts should each apply? Well, hopefully this week, as we focus on what it means to be a peacemaker, the answers to questions like these will solidify in our minds so that we can honor God in all that we do in our daily lives. Here is today's slice of the sermon entitled, Purveyors of Peace. What do we call it when... The United Nations sends troops into a war zone. We call that a peacekeeping force. You know how they keep peace? It's a very simple principle. My guns are bigger and better and more numerous than your guns. And if you hurt someone on my side, I'm going to hurt you more and I'm going to hurt you faster. That's peacekeeping. One sense of it. It does slow down war, but it doesn't have a shred of anything to do with the kind of peace that we're talking about in this beatitude. And then there are other peacekeepers who become really adept at the art of compromise. Now, there are times to compromise. If you've ever bartered with somebody for the price of something, that's that's compromising. But the idea of compromising is you give up something and I'll give up something. When we're satisfied that we've each given up an equal amount, or we've each hurt each other the same amount, we've both gotten something we want in order to save face, then we'll stop hurting each other and we'll call that peace. Is that how God did it with you? I'll meet you halfway. I'll give a little, you give... No. He took it all on Himself. The peace that God gives does not compromise when it comes to the truth. What Jesus had in mind when He said, I came to bring a sword and to make enemies of people, He was talking about, you can't compromise on the truth. If so-called making peace requires you to not tell the truth and not deal with its consequences, then you're not really being a godly peacemaker. So, what is... A true peacemaker. A true peacemaker pursues the truth. He or she seeks genuine understanding of all the facts and takes into account the feelings that are involved in the conflict. 
They talk about, they, they provoke others to talk about the real issues until the issues are resolved instead of, uh, instead of buried. If you, are the peace, if you are a peacemaker, you deal with facts regardless of your feelings. You'll have feelings, but you need to deal with the truth, the reality, the sin, the righteousness, the judgment involved. You'll say things like, um, what do you think needs to be done? So you're taking into account the other person's feelings and perspective. Uh, You won't say things like, well, I suppose you have a stupid idea how we might solve this. Uh, You'll say things like, "I, I, I feel uneasy when you do that or when this happens between us. So I wonder if we could handle situations like this differently instead of, you never care what I think, you selfish pig. You know, what's going to be your attitude? Do you want God's peace or do you want to win? We want God to win. If you're a peacemaker, you will not make other people dangle on the end of your emotional rope, twisting in the wind until you think they've paid enough for you to cut them loose. When there's something wrong, a peacemaker addresses it. A peacemaker doesn't call it nothing and then go sulk and pull away and withdraw. Uh, That's a devastating thing that we all know how to do by nature. You hurt my feelings, so I'm not going to talk to you. When our son was about three years old, he did something that required uh, some, some firm words. Nothing, nothing wrong was done, but Marcia spoke the truth in love. And he looked up at her, and he did it perfectly. A little tear in his eye, and that really sweet voice. And he said, Mom, you hurt all my feelings. We all know how to deal that way, right? Think of a man who's been through an excruciating day full of frustration, relentless annoyances, temptations and pressure to compromise, and they've wound him up tighter than a baseball. And he comes home to his wife who says, How was your day, dear? Typical response is to say something deep and meaningful like, Oh, the usual and then clam up. And later that evening, his wife reaps the fringe benefits of his emotional turmoil. She feels rejected, and uh, she feels shut out of his life. So she assumes that he thinks that she's done something wrong, and now you have a new conflict. And if we're not careful, that kind of stuff can systematically make people feel alienated and, and distant from us. When somebody won't talk to you, You assume they're mad, right? Well, you won't know otherwise unless they they talk. That works the most even in the ones closest to us, the ones we care about the most. On the other hand, there are some people that reserve that isolation kind of behavior for times of conflict. Feelings are hurt. Uh, Somebody doesn't speak for a while, so the other one says, "Is, is something wrong? Now, from the perspective of the wounded one, something is wrong. Something's desperately wrong. But he or she answers, no. You press a little more to find out what's wrong, and what you hear is that famous word, nothing. 
Every single time that we play out a scenario like that, we put real peace further out of reach because we hide it behind layers of emotional garbage. I said we have to deal with truth regardless of our feelings. Now, you can't deal with human conflict without having feelings. But you need to deal with them through truth spoken in love. You know, it is possible to bury your feelings and you can achieve a semblance of peace. There are uh, you know, some places they call it compartmentalizing. Um, I mean, a, a soldier, you don't want him worrying about something back home. You want him focused on the task right now and don't worry about other things. But, but in real life, when you bury your feelings, it, it's like burying your garbage in your backyard instead of disposing of it properly. You know, it, it works for a while. You can go out in the backyard, dig a little hole, put the garbage in it, cover it back up. You can even put the, put the turf back over it, and, and in a few days, it, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll look just the same. But eventually, if you keep burying that garbage, it's going to someday work its way to the surface. Just give us a couple inches of rain, And when it surfaces, it's going to be in a form much uglier than when you first buried it. Well, emotions are like that. When emotions are buried, instead of processed and resolved, they surface in an uglier form than we originally refused to deal with them. And when they come back to the surface, they they usually get spewed all over people even people who had little or nothing to do with the original issues. Be a peacemaker. The answer is always rooted in truth and purity and humility to apply those things. Jesus blesses that kind of character. But wow, get a load of the promise that is attached to being the kind of person who is a peacemaker. Who is blessed? Blessed are the peacemakers. What does the blessing include? Look at the second part. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Now, it's the same thing that you've seen with all of the Beatitudes. The, the pronoun they is, in, is emphatic. It's they and they alone. This is the only kind of person that is a son of God in this, in this situation, not like um, Jesus is God the Son. We're not talking about deity here, but we're talking about adopted children in the family of God. This is the kind of person who is a new creation. This is the kind of person who is blessed with every spiritual blessing, including the blessing of being a, a peacemaker. Now, the word for sons here that Jesus chose is the word for sonship that implies the legal status of the son. There's another word that means son in the sense of born of, or it can be child of. Um, That one is also used in the sense of the new birth that it requires, you're born of God. But this one means that we have all the privileges of sonship, including the rights to inherit what our Father has for us. Remember, blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. Because why? Because they're your, 
they're the adopted children of the king of the earth. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.